Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study with Pastor John. Tonight's study will be in the book of Deuteronomy. We invite you to join us at 514 Smithfield Avenue in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. This podcast is presented by The Way Ministries, supported by listeners like you. For donations, live videos, podcasts, and more, please visit www.thewayministriesri.org. Thank you and have a great day. All right, we are going to get started. Welcome to the Coming Out of the Dark Bible Study. I want to thank everyone for coming out tonight to get a portion of God's Word. Amen. Amen. First and foremost, I'd like to thank the biggest celebrity, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're just so grateful and thankful for what He did at the cross for us so we can have an everlasting relationship with God. Thank you, Jesus, for saving us and doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. Amen. Amen. Eternally grateful. I'd like to thank the Smithfield Avenue Congregational Church for letting us do our study here. One body. Many parts. Many parts. I'd like to thank all the faithful core people here to keep this ministry running. We're grateful for each and every one of you. One body. Many parts. We all need each other for this to function properly. And if you do have a cell phone, please silence it so it doesn't disturb tonight's study. And we will start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for granting us this opportunity tonight, Lord, to come before you tonight, Lord, to worship, honor, and glorify you, Lord, and learn more about you and your ways, Lord, and how you would like us to live down here, Lord. Thank you for saving us and giving us the opportunity to serve you, Lord. Thank you for the born-again spirit you put in us, Lord. We're just so grateful for everything you do in our lives, Lord, and all the generous provisions that you provided to each of us to meet all of our needs, Lord. We're just so grateful for this country that we live in, Lord, that we can freely practice our faith here, Lord, and we're so grateful for that. And I pray for all the ministries around the world, Lord, that are getting persecuted to get your name out there, Lord, to just keep your hand upon them and bless them, Lord, and keep them safe, Lord, as we go through troubling times, Lord. I'd like to thank you for all the people in our ministry, Lord, and the ministries around the world, Lord. Let us always Build each other up, never tear each other down, Lord, and to always come to the services with open hearts and minds, Lord, to learn more and more about you, Lord. I pray for our families, Lord, and the people that can't be here, that our faithfulness overflows into their lives, Lord, to protect them, Lord. Just please keep them safe and give them a desire to want to come and see you, Lord, and talk to you, Lord. And we're just grateful for everything you do in our lives. And I say all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Brittany's going to come up and sing Usher in the Spirit. We're going to get started. I 
Thank you. That was that was awesome. It really was. What a way to usher in the spirit tonight, right? Always praising the Lord. How's everybody doing tonight? Okay. It's good to see everybody. Yeah, I'm glad I'm here. It's funny how I can't wait to go to church. I say it all the time. Right? I can't wait to go to church. Dealing with things out there is just like such a reprieve from the craziness out there. You know, it tries to pull me back all the time. That's why I gotta stay rooted and grounded in the Lord. Amen. It's really good to see everybody tonight. All right, we are going to start. The Holy Spirit is going to be taken over now. So please be attentive to that through the whole service. And try not to cause any distractions that might try to take people out of that spirit. So let's go to Philippians chapter 3. We're going to start there tonight before we go into our study of Deuteronomy. That Mary put a scripture up there and I have a scripture for us also that God has been writing on my heart to share with you tonight. And I will definitely share that with you. Apostle Paul talking to the Philippians in chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 7. He was trying to say that all those prudentials from the world were worthless to him compared to knowing Jesus. All his worldly principles and all his theology and all the stuff that he was taught by man he counted it all as garbage compared to finding Jesus. And Paul was a very intelligent man. And God had to break that out of him to do it his way, in God's ways. And that's what he has to do with us, break our humanness out of us. Look at verse 7. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. So we all we have to realize is this. The moment we believe in Him, we have Him. But we don't know Him yet. And a lot of times, religion has taught the wrong God to people. They don't really know God through the Bible. They know God through religion. Amen? And Paul said, I want to experience God working in my life. Amen? Amen. That's what he was trying to say. Of knowing Christ Jesus. And that's what we do in this ministry. Have a relationship to get to know Jesus. And how we can have a relationship with him here. Amen? Amen. Without any kind of religious activity whatsoever. Now look what it says. For his sake. I have discarded everything else. Counting it all as garbage. So that I could gain Christ. So he was saying. I got to forget all the stuff that I was taught out there. 
so he could gain Christ to get to know Jesus. He had to empty his mind from the world system and fill it with Christ, which is the word system. This is what we have to do. It doesn't mix. And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law by following any outward rituals or principles. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. All right, first we have to get to know him, okay, as we read the word of God. And then, to, who experienced that, we have to obey it and work it into our lives so it's actually a real-life experience for us, amen? By doing it His way. And experience the mighty power that raised Him from the dead. See, we were born spiritually dead. He's saying, like, He, he wants to experience that born-again life down here. That's what He wants to experience. Not the old life improved, the born-again life renewed, amen? That's what He's talking about. I want to suffer with Him. Imagine he's asking to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. So in other words, like killing off our sin nature causes suffering in our lives. And that causes the resurrection to show. As we kill off the old nature and the new nature starts rising up in us and we start doing things God's way, we start living a resurrected life, amen? By the power of the Holy Spirit, not through human wisdom or knowledge. This is a supernatural walk with God. Now look what it says in verse 12. This is for everybody to understand this. Even Paul, after years and years of walking with the Lord, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or have already reached perfection or maturity, but I press on to possess that perfection which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. Now he's talking to us right now. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Amen. When we forget about our old life and our old ways and we look forward to the new life in Christ. That's what he's saying, what lies ahead. God has an awesome plan for each and every one of our lives if we only start to do things his way and live the resurrected life. Amen. Look what it says. I press on to the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And look what he says in verse 15. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. This is a very key thing in the Christian life. We make progress, right? Some of the things have dealt with, and we have some victories. We have to hold on to that when there's other failures still coming in our lives as he's renewing us. Because we can get really discouraged, and the devil could get up on us, and we start to forget, and we won't hold on to what we already have. I've made a lot of progress with the Lord in doing things his ways, but I have not arrived yet. I'm still a work in progress. Can I get an amen for that? We all are, right? We want to get there. We're on the right road, and it's nothing to do with us. As we do His will and walk in His ways, the transformation takes place on its own. Nothing to do with us. We just start to do things different. You wake up one day and it's a new life. You don't. You no longer desire the things you used to desire anymore. You desire the things you want to go to church. You want to be with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Something that you never desired before. 
You have new desires. And that's to let you know that the Holy Spirit is in you, working in you, to change you. Amen? To change your way of thinking. To change your way of life. It's not just coming to church, sitting in the chair, leaving and doing your own thing. That's what religion teaches. And Jesus hated religion. He got on the religious leaders for getting on the people, for having them follow all these outward things, which had nothing to do with being obedient to Christ. Amen? Amen. Nothing to do with it. And it still, that still holds strong today. Amen? That was a great scripture. Now I got one for you that ties right into this about faith. Wow. Boy, I'm glad I'm here. I'm glad I'm here. Let's go to James. We're going to go to James chapter 2. God speaking to me on this one. He says, go share this with your brothers and sisters. I said, you got it, Lord. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Let the Spirit speak. Amen. Listen, one thing I do is I yield to the Spirit. I always have something prepared, but I'm always prepared to yield to what the Spirit has for me. Amen. So you can always, you can, it's a Spirit-led ministry. You can thank God for that. Amen. Okay, now he was talking about it depends on faith. Now James is going to say something about that faith and what should happen because of it. Now he says in verse 14 of James chapter 2, he says, What good is it, my dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? You see, faith by itself isn't enough, James is trying to say. Unless it produces good deeds, it's dead and useless. Because the unbelieving world said, well, how do you know you're not walking with the Lord? Well, my faith. Well, they can't see faith. People can't see your faith. They can only see your actions because of your faith. Amen? And it's your actions that come. This is what James is trying to say. If you have the right faith, it will show in your actions. Now he says in verse 18, Now someone may argue, Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? Or live right? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. Look at verse 19. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Or some manuscripts read that God is one, which is, we just went over that in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. That's what he's quoting, by the way. He said, good for you. Now, James is pretty, he can get pretty sanctified, sarcastic with us. And it's, and, it's, and it's justified. He says, good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, his faith and his actions worked together. You see it? His actions made his faith complete. And so it happened just as the scriptures say. Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. And he's quoting Genesis 15, verse 6, by the way. He was even called the friend of God. And that's Isaiah 41, verse 8. 
Okay? You see, we are shown right to be with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Can I get an amen for that? We have to understand we are shown to be right with God by what we do because of that. Amen? Not by disbelieving. Listen, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is an example. Another example, she was shown to be right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without breath or without spirit, so also faith is dead without good works. Can I get an amen for that? A lot of people say, I have faith. And what's, what's the unbelieving world to see? They need to see your actions because of your faith. Amen? The way you live because of what you believe. Amen? That's what counts. That's why Abraham was counted righteous because he actually went as far as offering his only child, putting him up on the altar, and was ready to plunge a dagger into him for the cause of Christ for God. And then God stops it. You're counted righteous because your faith, you believed it, you believed me so much that you actually were going to go do that. That's how much you believed in me. That's what counted him as righteous. Can I get an amen for that? How he lived. He was willing to give up his son for Jesus. That's what counts. What happens because of your faith? The result, the fruit of our salvation. Amen? That's what we need to see. That's what the unbelieving world needs to see. And they're not seeing enough of it, unfortunately. And people don't want nothing to do with church. Or they want to do church, put the money in the basket and go home and live their life. No transformation. Look, the Bible is not a book about information. The Bible is a book of transformation. It's about changing our lives and renewing our minds to become the people that God created us to be before the fall of Adam. Amen? And that's why He saved us. To be His people, not our own people. Amen? And to do things His way, not ours. Amen? So that's how you know you're saved. So what's the evidence of salvation, my brothers and sisters? A changed life. That's the evidence of your salvation. That proves that you believe that you actually believe it. Amen? That's, that's the truth. And that's the truth that sets us free. Amen? You look at your life and it says, Has my life changed since I said that I believe in Jesus? Now, am I talking about being perfect? No. None of us are perfect. But we all have something different in us. We want to do something for God. Not just live our own way anymore. There's something inside of us that wants us to change. And it's not perfect because we still got this old nature that still wants things. Can I get any men for that? Listen, I'm not trying to tell you that you've got to be perfect. But something comes up inside of you, gives you a desire. He says, God is working in you, giving you the, the, the power, the desire and the power to do things for Him. Amen? And He's going to continue that till we go home to be with Him. So once you're in and sealed with the Spirit, He's never going to give up on us. Amen? I give up on myself all the time. And we give up on other people, right? But God never gives up on us. And thank you, Jesus. He's my best friend. He's the go-to guy. Trust me, he's the go-to guy. The Jesus of the Bible is the God that we need to learn about and live by. Amen? And that's what will show the world. And that's how we build his kingdom. Amen? Not our kingdom, his kingdom. Amen? And we don't build his kingdom our way. We build his kingdom his way. Amen? And then we say, well, you know what, Lord? Let me help you out. And God, no, you cannot help me. No, you can't help me. You have to die. If you want, if you want to do my will, you have to die. So you stay home when you go out tomorrow, 
and I'm going to go, well, I'm going to work through you. Amen. That's how it works. You cannot produce what God wants to produce in you. That's why we need who? Jesus, the Holy Spirit, and God above us. All of us try to do this in the flesh. And that's why we fail miserably. We can't. All of us try to be good. I'm going to be good today. You ever, oh, I'm going to be good today. Jesus said, what do you mean good? Only God is good. All right. That was a great... The faith that he's talking about there has to be shown by your actions. And that's what maturity is all about. Being able to live the way you claim what you believe. Amen? All right, let's go to Deuteronomy 7. Does everybody remember where we left off? Yeah, but we're going to have to go back because... I'm just going to read it down and talk about it a little bit. Yeah. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back, and I'm going to read right down the ninth and one, and then continue. Just stay with me here. You're going to learn something very valuable tonight. There's a lot of stuff we can glean out of this, this um, chapter. Amen? Amen? So just stay with me here. When, verse 1, when the Lord God brings you into the land you are about to enter and occupy, he will clear away the many nations ahead of you. The Hittites, Girgashites, I'm just going to read through this now, and then I'll get back to it. Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These seven nations are greater and more numerous than you. And we know what the number seven means in the Bible, right? Completion. Okay. Once he clears all this stuff out of us, we'll be complete. That's what he's saying. That's what he's talking about here. We will be complete when he cleans that garbage out of us. And we will be in the promised land. We will be complete. Amen. We're not there yet. We're working on We're work in progress. These seven nations or these seven problems are greater and more numerous than you. Well, you can call them demons if you want. These are seven demons that are inside each and every person that always try to get in. Anger, bitterness, rage, resentment, jealousy, greed, lust. All these things are spirits that are in each and every one of us because of the fall of Adam. Can I get an amen for that? I'm really passionate about this because people don't understand spiritual things. Those things are spiritual demons that enter our thought process and cause us to live against God. Amen? And he has to clean them out of us so we can be purified and actually think the right thoughts. Amen? These are the things that hinder us. They're not outward things. They're inward things. Can I get an amen for that? And there's only one person that can get rid of these things. And that's Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity. It's the only thing to get rid of them. You can try to bury them with all kinds of things, but they always come back in the morning. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> you ever get up one morning and not want to do anything? You ever get angry and not even understand why? Yeah. You ever get like lustful thoughts and like for no particular reason you'll just be praying or saying something. You might even be in church and you'll be getting some lustful thought. Can I get an amen for this? Or am I the only one that goes through this? Please, don't make me look like I'm crazy, okay? Let's be church people. Let's not be churchy now, okay? Let's be real. This is a hospital for healing people, including myself. I can be perfectly, with good intentions, praying awesomely, and all these things come into my mind like something I might want, or something that lustful. These things come in my I can't stop them because I can't see them. The only thing I can do is what? Deflect them and say, nope. That's not from God. 
Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. Eventually. He doesn't go right away. Have you not noticed? You can read the Bible and still feel depressed after. He says, oh, see, it didn't work. See, we want instant. We want instant relief, right? God says, no, I'm going to relieve you. It's going to take some time, though. I'm not going to get rid of the valleys. I'm going to take you through them. <coughs> Amen. All right. Are you with me so far here? Yeah, yeah. All right. Stay with me because there's a lot more coming. Amen. <laughs> All right. Now look what he said. These things are greater and more numerous than you are. What he's saying is these things that possess us are more powerful than we are. We can't resist them. They, they come into our lives and we feel we have to fulfill them. And they get really what? We get, they get really powerful. That you don't know how powerful they are until you try to say no to something that comes into your head. Right? You can say no to it, you see how powerful it really is. Okay. You must look at it, it says, When the Lord your God hands these nations over to you and you conquer them. So when he says, When I give you a born again spirit and clean you out, you must clean, completely destroy. Okay? Destroy them. <clears throat> or, um, destroy them. Make no treaties with them and show no mercy. It's not like. Well, I can dabble with these things a little bit. I can justify my this, that, and the other thing. He says, don't do that. You've got to get rid of them completely, or they're going to come back with a vengeance. Can I get an amen for this? Amen. And a lot of, we, we, play, we go on the fence with this stuff. We're very, uh, me, myself, is very, uh, I'm very like, eh, is that bad? Is that good? Yeah. Is that, uh, am I going overboard with this yeah, door? Yeah, am I, yeah, uh, yeah. He said, no, don't even go near that. Just say no. Get away from it. Or else it's going to eventually take over because you give the thought come in and then it gives birth to an action when it's allowed to conceive. Like birth, it's like a seed that comes into you. And then unless till it gives birth and we keep romancing it until we actually fulfill it. Amen? We have to learn how to say no to it, stop it, change the channel and move on. Amen? The Bible tells us to run from these things. Just imagine, like we think we've got to run from all time. i got to run from myself. It's like, what's going on with me? You can't run from, you know, you think you can change your environment, but you're stuck with you at the end of the day, your pro which is the problem to begin with. Oh, it's the people, it's the place, it's where I live, it's the, it's the job, it's job, it's the family, it's this. No, it's the thoughts, things that are going through our mind. It's, that's what the problem is. There's a battlefield going on up there. And we could always point fingers and justify, well, I would have never said that to you if you didn't say that to me. I would have never did that to you if you didn't do that to me, right? An eye for an eye. Jesus says, no, no more eye for an eye. You take the hit and leave it to God. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Tell me that's it. Tell me you can do that in the flesh. Is any or is it just me? I'm a street person. I can, it's on. You come near me and you come after me. I'm, I, it's on. Or you come after me, my family, or anything like that. It's on. Like, there's no, like, shh. I'll go pray after. <laughs> this is bad, though. It's not supposed to do it that way. I'm supposed to submit to God and resist the devil. I have this flesh that wants to protect, right? But God says, I'm the one who's going to protect you. Now, I'm not saying if somebody comes at you and tries to, you know, break into your house and kill your family, you don't let him in. Say, oh, go ahead. I'm going to pray about it. <laughs> no, well, just, people get carried away with this stuff. It's no, get your gun and blow their head off. And just get, make sure, because if they're coming after you, you have to make sure you protect your family. Christians get crazy, but oh, give them the left cheek. 
Oh, 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 shoot me over here. Well, shoot me in my heart, too. Why don't you just finish me off? That's not what it means. We still have to protect ourselves. We live in a fallen world. Can I get an amen for that? That's like if somebody came in the door and wanted to, I'm going to jump in front of them so they don't hurt anybody. I'm like, so? Jesus says, no. No, Jesus is in me to protect you. Get it? People over-spiritualize these things and get really out of whack. Can I get an amen for this? Believe me. I know. The only thing is, I'm over. I'm over like, don't come, you know, stay, you know. But I need to, I need to know my boundaries with the Lord. Everybody does. Amen? I'm using me as an example because I don't want anybody to think that they're crazy because they, you know, they want to protect their family. No, we still have to protect them. It's a very dangerous world out there. But the spiritual battles have to be fought on our knees. Amen? Those are spiritual battles we're talking about here. Okay. Just so we get that right. All right. Now, make no treaties with them and show them no mercy. You must not intermarry with them. Don't let your daughters and sons marry their sons and daughters, for they will lead your children away for me to worship other gods. So he's saying, don't mix your old nature with your new. Don't intermix your old life with your new life, because if you do, it's going to cause you to fall. That's what it means now. Okay? For they will lead you, your children away. Look, the sons married. They will lead your children away from the worship of other gods. Then the anger of the Lord will burn against you, and he will quickly destroy you. This is what you must do. You must break down their pagan altars and shatter their sacred pillars. Cut down their Asherah poles and burn their idols. For you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord your God has chosen you to be his own special treasure. And I'm going to expand on the Asherah pole, what that's about. That's in the Bible a lot. I'm going to explain what that is. Okay, I looked into this. What the Asherah pole is, okay? So I'm gonna, you're going to learn something about this tonight. Okay? The Lord did not set his heart on you and chose you because you were more numerous than other nations or there was anything special about any one of us, okay? Put it that way. Because you were numerous than other nations, for you were the smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you. And he was keeping the oath he had sworn you to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. He said he rescued us from the world. The slavery of the world and the oppressive hand that the world has on us. That's the spiritual principle today, okay? Okay, before we move on to, to uh, 9, I'm going to expand on what we were just talking about, okay? Because this is really important. Everybody with me so far here? Thank God he never took away my personality. <laughs> because I'm not going to come up here with a different, a different tone, okay? This is, this is who I am. This is God uses. Our, he uses all of us in our personality, okay? Amen. He changes our heart, not our personality, amen? amen. Okay. All right. In verse 2, God told the Israelites to completely destroy their enemies, okay? How can a God of love and mercy wipe out everyone and even children? A lot of people question this, right? Because they went in and had to slaughter them. Yeah, okay, I'm going to... I got the signal. Hold on one second. All right, is it going? Yeah. 
Hey, look, I wouldn't let anybody walk around all day with mustard on their face, so I, I'm, I'd rather you tell me, amen? Okay. <laughs> Even, although God is a loving and merciful, He is also just. You have to understand, God is a God of justice. These enemy nations were as much a part of God's creation as Israel was, and God does not allow evil to continue unchecked. Can I get an amen for that? He doesn't. <clears throat> God had punished Israel by keeping out the promised land, all keeping out of the promised land all who had disobeyed. Remember? They didn't get in the promised land because they were disobedient. Remember? It's the other generation that's going in. <clears throat> the command to destroy these nations was both a judgment and a safety measure. Okay? On one hand, the people living in the land were being judged for their sin, and Israel was God's instrument of judgment. Just as God would one day use other nations to judge Israel for its sin. Can I get an amen for that? Now we know how God judges sin, right? With other nations. You've got to be careful, this country. The way it's living right now and the way people are, judgment is coming. And that's, um, he's quoting 2 Chronicles 36, 17 and Isaiah 10, 12. On the other hand... God's command was designed to protect the nation of Israel from being ruined by the idolatry and immorality of its enemies. Okay? To think that God is too nice to judge sin would be to underestimate Him. Can I get an amen for that? Now, Asherah. Listen to what I'm saying now. Everybody knows the Asherah poles they were talking about, right? All right I'm going to explain it. Asherah was a Canaanite mother goddess, okay, of the sea associated with Baal. Baal was the most worshipped god of the Canaanites, most often cast in the form of a bull, okay? The symbolized strength and fertility and was considered the god of agriculture, okay? Asherah was Baal's female consort, or his wife. That was Baal's wife. She was worshipped by means of wooden pillars, called, here they called them Asherah poles, okay? That's what it was. He was, Asherah was Baal's wife, the female version of Baal. Amen? So, and that's what people were worshiping. That was the Canaanites. I didn't even know that. Canaanites, they were worshiping Baal, was the number one god of the Canaanites. That's why they had to go in there and wreck, get rid of all of that. Okay? They had to destroy it all because if they didn't, and that was going to come in and take over, which of course it did. Which it did, remember? Because they didn't listen to the Lord. He said, get rid of it completely. Yeah. Just like he wants us. Listen, you've got to get rid of that completely and don't go back to it or it's going to come back and get you. Remember it says when an evil spirit leaves, it finds no rest and it comes back with how many more? Seven more again. Okay, seven more to what? And you're worse off than you were before. So he says to get rid of it completely, how many of us sit on the fence with our sin nature all the time? So one day, God's going to say, there's nothing I can do for you. You're going to die in that sin nature. And there's going to be no transformation. Can I get an amen for that? There's always, there's always a grace period, and then there's what? After that, judgment. You even do it with a, a mortgage, right? Even, even the world uses biblical principles, right? I don't know how many days you go with a grace period. If you don't pay your mortgage, you get what? Penalized, right? You get judged for it. So it's the same idea. So here's the thing. Just because God doesn't judge our sins right away doesn't mean it's not coming. 
He's given us the grace and mercy to turn from him and move on before he causes more pain in our life. Amen? He's saying, look, just listen to what I'm saying and get rid of it and move on, and then there'll be no problems. If not, I'm going to have to cause some suffering to get you out of it. Can I get an amen for that? God is a God of justice. Okay. How did Israel, in verse 6 to 8, how did Israel deserve to be chosen above all the other nations at that time? It was not a matter of Israel's merit, but of God keeping his promise to their ancestors. That's what it was. Just as God chose the nation of Israel, he has chosen all believers today to be a part of his treasured possession. Can I get an amen for that? All of us are. Similarly, it is not because of our merit that we have come to faith in Christ. Instead, instead God chose us out of his goodness and grace. Amen? It's not because there's anything good in us. He chose us out of his goodness and grace. Amen? That's what it's saying in Ephesians 2, so no one can boast about it. Right? It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good people that we are. Because he called his nation stiff-necked. Remember? They're stubborn people. I'm stubborn. My, I have a stubborn nature in me. Does anybody else have one? Okay. Thank you. I'm not alone with this. I'm very stubborn. I need proof of everything. That's the way I was raised. Prove it, prove it, prove it. And God said, I did prove it. Look, I, I saved you. I already did prove myself to you. What more do you want? Can I get an amen for that? You're not going to hell. Is that enough? All right, let's continue our study. Let's go in verse 9 now. Then we're going to read down. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavages his unfailing love on those who love him. Listen what he does now. God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those. Now, you know, lavishing, like he just lavishes you with his love. Now look what it says. On those who love him and obey his commands. But he does not hesitate to punish and destroy those who reject him. Therefore, you must obey all these commands, decrees, and regulations I am giving you today. If you listen to these regulations and faithfully obey them, the Lord your God will keep his covenant of unfailing love with you as he promised with an oath to your ancestors. Amen? It's a promise right there. He will love you and bless you, and he will give you many children. He will give fertility to your land and your animals. What's that fertility? Abundance. Okay? When you arrive in the land he swore to give your ancestors, you will have large harvests of grain, new wine, and olive oil, and great herds of cattle, sheep, and goats. You will be blessed above all the nations of the earth. None of your men or women will be childless, and all your livestock will bear young. And the Lord will protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases you knew in Egypt. But he will inflict them on all your enemies. Amen. He will turn it around and inflict it on them. Look at verse 16. You must destroy all the nations the Lord your God hands over you. Show them no mercy and do not worship their gods or they will trap you. What's he's talking about? The thought process. Now let's go to the spiritual principle of what he's saying here. He's saying you must destroy all the nations the Lord your God. He hands all these things over to over. 
what? The jealousy, the lust, the envy, the greed. He hands it, he gets sets us free from all that when we come to faith in him. Now he's saying, show no mercy and do not worship their gods or they will trap you. He's saying those emotions are traps for us. They're very, they trap us. How many of us can actually say, sometimes we don't even make it to church because of a feeling or a thought, or we think that something gets in the way. And that's not of God. God will never keep you from coming here. He will never keep you from coming here. If, any, if, if anything, it's the thought process that makes other things more important. Amen? And he says, listen, you're only here for an hour. You're only here for an hour. People think, oh my God, there's so much time. You're here for an hour. Everybody thinks an hour is like, how many, there's other 23 other hours in the day. To come and sit and learn about God for one hour is like, oh, I don't know if I got time for that. Well, he's the one that gave you time, by the way. And he's the one that can take it from you. And you don't want to give him an hour. Well, there's other things that are more important. Now, I'm not talking about if something comes up that's an emergency and you know you can't be here. I'm not legalistic on this issue. There's always other ways to get the message. But you always should be listening what the church is trying to say, the spirit is trying to say to the church, and we make other means available if you can't be here to get on there and watch the service through the live feed or through the YouTube. But just as you're not here, doesn't mean you can't watch it. There's other ways to do it. If your heart is right, you'll want to get the message. Amen. And if it's not, that's okay too. God will lead you to a path where listen, well, I can't be there, so I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna get on there and listen to the message. Because he connects us all to a church body for a reason. Amen? He says, not to forsake the assembly as some people do. Okay? So I just want to say that because it's important. I'm not saying it because I, I, I love you. I want you to get this. We're doing an awesome thing on spiritual warfare on Saturdays. And people are getting set free and understanding the spiritual warfare. If, you have, if you're not there, get, off the, get it on the, on the internet. Get on, go on the website and get this, surf, this um, series. It's so important. It's an awesome series. And I'm going to stay on it till we get it. I'm not getting off it till we get it. This is a spiritual warfare that we all go through, and we're going to learn how to do it right. Amen? Amen. And I'm not getting off it till we do. Amen. God told me, no, you're going to teach them, and they're going to learn, and they're going to get it. I said, okay. Your will be done, Lord. And it's going to be awesome. The more we know about our enemy the more chances we have of resisting that and be able to get a victory. Amen? Amen? And not look outward, but inward. Okay. So we ended in, let's see, protect you from all sickness. He will not let you suffer from the terrible diseases. Verse 16. You must destroy all the nations the Lord your God hands over to you. Show them no mercy and do not worship their gods or they will trap you. Perhaps you will think to yourselves, how can we ever conquer these nations that are so much more powerful than we are? Look at verse 18. But don't be afraid of them. Just because these are giants and they look bigger than you, just remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to the, all the land of Egypt. Remember the great terrors the Lord your God sent against them. You saw it all with your own eyes. And remember the miraculous signs and wonders and the strong hand and powerful arm which he brought you out of Egypt. The Lord your God will use this same power against all the people you fear. Amen? You have the power. The Bible tells us 365 times to fear not. All these giants that come into your life, do you think that are more powerful than you? It's a lie from the pit of hell. Amen? It's a lie. 
he was in you is greater than he was in the world. And all them thoughts are already conquered by Christ. Amen? Amen. We have to take every thought captive into obedience of Christ, like it says in 2 Corinthians. But that's a process. We have to what? Get them and use Scripture to deflect them. Amen? Obedience of Christ is obedience to the Word of God and what the Bible says. Amen? It's not like this, fight this way. No, we can't fight this. We have to fight it with Scripture and the truths about the Word of God. Amen? All right, we're going to stop there. We're out of time. We're out of time. I know. I can keep you here all night, but I don't want anybody to fall out the window. All right? <laughs> like Paul did, right? He was preaching all night. One of the one of the guys fell out the window and died. Paul brought him back to life. Amen? Yes, we'll start with 21. The Lord your God will send terror. Yeah. All right. Yeah. When we get back together, we'll continue with verse 21. And we'll just move forward from there. Because when we get to chapter 8, this is one of my favorite chapters in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Impossible. That and 30. In chapter 30. All right. Thank you for letting me share that. I hope it gave you something to think about. And Brittany's going to come up and sing. And we are going to close.
great, did such a great job with that. Do you mind closing us in prayer with that beautiful voice? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for another day. Thank you for the awesome message that you brought through Pastor John tonight. There's so much I'm learning to you, Lord Jesus. And I just pray that it would stay with all of us. I ask, Lord, that you would help us take this with us, Lord, and let it get embedded down deep into us, Lord. Let your roots go down deep. And I pray, Lord, that we would go back and revisit again and again, Lord, because you constantly reveal things to us, Lord. Yes. I pray, Jesus, that you would help us all to walk in your light and in your obedience, so that way we can shine brightly out here in this dark world, and that more and more people will come to you and be saved, because that's why you saved us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for everything that you do, for your majesty and your honor and your mercy, everything, Lord. You are awesome and powerful. We love you. And I pray these things in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Stay safe until we meet again. God bless. Peace.